Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 18. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> I know that if we uh, kept the mics moving around the room, I'm sure that everybody in the room would have something that they would be able to share. I know some are not as anxious to share publicly as others would, not because you're ashamed of your Lord, just that you're not very outward like that. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But uh, I know that your heart is to please and to praise the Lord. And I appreciate those testimonies. And I know for every testimony we heard, there's at least two or three more in the crowd that would have shared or could have shared if they felt confident to do so. Well, today I want to talk to you just very briefly about gratitude and godliness. Gratitude and godliness, or that connection, I guess. Let's go ahead and look at Romans chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> we'll get through what we can. But it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even by, uh, excuse me, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And we don't have time to go into it, but what he's basically saying is simply this, that within the conscience of man and in, and in light of creation itself, there's not a person alive who has an excuse for ultimately not knowing God. <clears throat> he's saying that creation itself alone is proof enough that there is a creative being. The idea of evolution is ludicrous. It makes absolutely no sense. And may I say that in the world in which we live, it does not surprise us a bit, I think, more now than ever, that people could believe in that misguided theory. Because common sense does not exist, hardly, in America today. And therefore, there is no doubt that, that false doctrines like Evolution and other things are only going to be manifest in our country. It's just going to take over more than ever. But God is saying here in the passage, and he's revealing to us, that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. It is so crazy to think that the very evidence of a God and a creative God is the very thing that the world has tried to do away with. Oh, the creation can't be of God, it must be evolution. That's, so, that's totally, completely different than what God intended it to be. Now, notice he goes on to say that because that verse 21, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto uh, to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Now, I want to focus our attention on verse 21. He says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. I think it's important, first of all, to recognize that they knew God. They knew God. 
Somebody knew God. A group of people knew God. Uh, God had obviously introduced himself. God had obviously manifested himself. He had made himself known at some point. Somebody knew God here in the passage. And the Bible says it was they that knew him. They knew him. Because that when they knew God. And so then he goes on to talk about the fact that basically, or, or should I say that it, it proves to us, I should say, that knowing there is a God is not enough. It's not enough to just know that. Even knowing something about God isn't enough. There's more to it than that. Why well, believe in God? Not enough. It's not enough. When they knew God, something, because that when they knew God, Somebody knows God. But hold on. Here's what happened. Notice what the passage goes on to say. And we're going to look at a couple of things here. And we're going to see a digression. We're going to recognize something very important. That gratitude is a very important element in our achieving godliness. When ingratitude takes grip on our hearts, we will no longer see God and we will no longer acknowledge God, and ultimately, we will turn away from God. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, that you'd help us. We desperately need you tonight. Speak to our hearts and use us in a mighty way. Be glorified now in our lives. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, there, I got the right mic on now. Very good. <clears throat> now, they knew God that because that when they knew God, okay, so here we have this group of people, but notice what happens in the passage. The Bible says that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They lost sight of who he was. They lost sight of who God was. You say, what do you mean? Well, they didn't acknowledge God's authority. They did not acknowledge God's authority in their life. They, they didn't appreciate God's attributes. We think of God being eternal, immutable, infallible, holy, loving, just, merciful, long-suffering, and the list goes on and on and on. The truth is, is that they did not appreciate God's attributes. Oh, they knew God, but they no longer acknowledged his authority in their life. They no longer, they no longer appreciated who and what he really was. And ultimately, they didn't accept God uh, as their God. They lost sight of who he was. They glorified him not as God. Number two, notice, it says they neither were thankful. Losing sight of who God was, they ceased to be thankful. And this is important again. When they lost sight of God himself, when they came to the point where they could no longer see him for who he was, what he was, they found themselves not acknowledging his authority in their life, they, not accepting him as their God, not appreciating his attributes, and all of a sudden now, they were no longer thankful. No longer thankful. Notice the third thing. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. They became vain in their imaginations. 
Again, where, where are we going with this? Well, they deceived themselves. What they did is they thought more highly of themselves than they should have thought. It became vain in their imaginations. I mean, they knew God at one point. They definitely knew God. They'd been introduced to God. They had, a, had, a, had heard from God. They had been told about God somehow, some way, but they lost sight of God. They glorified Him not as God. They, they were no longer, they ceased to be thankful to God. And then they became vain in their imaginations, meaning they were deceiving themselves. Oh, I mean, we think more highly of ourselves than we, we really should. And, and I mean, who's God anyway? And I mean, look at us. And boy, I tell you what, we're doing all right on our own. They distanced themselves from God too. So they deceived themselves and they distanced themselves from God. Then number four, notice, it says their foolish heart was darkened. They deleted God from their lives. They got rid of God. That's pretty bad. That's not good at all, is it? I want you to look, if you would, over in Romans chapter 1. You're there, but look at verse 23. Notice what it says here. It says, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man, like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And notice again, they deleted God from their lives. Their foolish heart was darkened. So that's what we see in the passage. Now, let me give you the message, all right? Here's the message now. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. When we fail to glorify God or hold Him in high esteem in our lives, we are in grave danger of becoming unthankful. When we stop seeing him high and lifted up, when we stop recognizing God for who and what he really is, we are in dire straits. We are very close to becoming unthankful and ultimately will become unthankful if we continue in that direction or on that path. And when a person fails to remember who God is and what he brings to the table in their lives, they are on the road to ingratitude. I'm going to go ahead and move. I, I need uh, help from, um, let me get somebody up here. Uh, nobody sits in the front rows anymore. Okay, so I'll call somebody from the back row. Let me see, back row. Wow, that's a rough crowd. That's a real rough crowd. Okay. All right, I think I see somebody out there that can serve the purpose. Brother Brad can do this job. He, he is so godlike. He is going to be God on the throne. Here he comes. Dun, 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 dun. Have a seat there. All right, so we have here, yeah, well, it's close to the edge. Oh, yeah. You can move it back a little bit there, just a hair, just so you don't fall. 
but we're going we're gonna, to, I want to show you something. I want you to understand how this works. Now, we have this chair, and of course, you notice it's pretty close to the edge of the stage there, but now, when we, and this is important, okay, when you and I remove God out of our lives, when we choose to remove God, in a sense, there is only one direction for him to go. One direction. And what is that? Down. Come on down. Now this is what happens to us. We bring God down to our level. You, can ne- you will never be able to put God higher in your life because he's already so high above us, we can't even see he's so high. The only direction that we can bring God in our lives is down. He is either on the throne in our lives or we are bringing him down. And we, we forget who God is and what he does for us in our lives. We are on a fast track to ingratitude because what happens is, is we will bring him down to our level and we no longer need to be thankful for him. He's just like us now in a sense. He is no more lifted up. He's no more capable or qualified. I might as well do it myself because God's no better than me now. And we may not look at it that way, but that's exactly how it ends up. We don't go to God because we don't see him high and lifted up. We don't beg God for anything because he's no longer on the throne. He's down on our level now, and we find ourselves in the driver's seat taking care of all the business on our own when we feel compelled to do so. We don't ask God about it. We don't consult God about it. We don't address God. We simply say, well, he's not on the throne of my life, and if he's not on the throne, you'll never see him again because he's at your level. And you're not looking for God at this level. You and I are just doing our own thing. Good. Thanks, Brad. The only direction that we can bring God is down. We can never put him up higher. We can only bring him down. Because he's already high and lifted up. He's as high as he can possibly go. And in our minds, the only place we can bring him is down. One direction. And boy, I'll tell you what. When we lose sight of him and fail to realize that he alone is worthy of our praise and thanks, we got problems. And so when we lose sight of who God is, it leads us to ingratitude. And that ingratitude leads us to pride. Again, with God out of sight, we grow accustomed to taking matters into our own hands. That's all there is to it. When he is high and lifted up and our eyes are focused on heaven, we see him and we go to him and we trust him, we depend on him, we rely on him. But the moment we bring him down, out of sight, out of mind, And you know what? That leads to pride. It's ingratitude. We don't see him anymore. We don't need him anymore. We now have ourselves. We're independent. We're we're self-sufficient. God's not needed anymore. And therefore, we're ingrates. And our pride steps into play. And every success in our lives reinforces the lie that we can do without God. Pride is self-awareness. Not God awareness. And there's a lot of self-awareness today. We teach it in our schools. We teach it in the workplace. We teach it everywhere. 
Everything is about me. Everything is about me. Everything is about me. Be self-aware. I love a man who's aware of himself, who knows himself. I'm, I'm comfortable in my skin. It's all about me. And it is a very subtle, demonic type mentality and attitude that has crept in to the lives of all people. And the fact is, is that it's made its way into the house of God and into the church of God. And there is pride reigning within the realm of the church like never before. It's funny to watch. It's not funny, it's sad, it's tragic. But pride rules our decisions most of the time. Pride determines the outcome of situations constantly. It, it's really a, a mess. This self-awareness. What about me? What about mine? That's what rules our spirit today. Well, did anybody ever think about how I feel? Self-awareness. Why is it about me? Should it ever be about me? You say, no. Well, then should it ever be about you? We say, yes, it should. There's times when I have to put myself first. I can't possibly help anybody unless I take care of me. Whoa, be careful now. I wonder if Jesus felt that way when he hung on Calvary. I wonder, I'm not going to go there. When we operate from a position of pride long enough, we will no longer see a need for God. Independence is bound to replace our dependence. They, don't, they can't go together. You can't be dependent on God, but independent of God. It's one or the other. We don't like ultimatums today, do we? Because we don't like absolutes. Everything has to be in a gray area. It always has to be a, a position or a place where I can choose what is right and wrong for me. Oh, I know what, okay, I can tell you what you shouldn't do, but for me it's different. And boy, I tell you what, we don't like absolutes and we don't like things that are just concrete today. Why? Because it's still about me and we become independent and sometimes we want to claim dependence. Be careful, you can't have both. Pride is reflected in our independence. If you and I can operate without God in any situation, it's because we have taken him off the throne, and may I say we haven't lifted him up, we've only brought him down. Because that's the only direction he can go. I mean, again, we, obviously, you and I don't bring God down from the throne. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't even give yourself the pat on the back to think you're strong enough to do that. None of us can do anything with God that he doesn't permit. But my point being is in the position that God has in our life, the only direction we can bring him is down. Satan constantly works at getting our eyes off of God and on self. He longs for you and I to become independent of God. He would have you to believe that you can do life without God. So then where does this take us again? We're still in the message here. Because we all possess this vacuum within us. And there is. Mankind is forever seeking, therefore, to fill a void. 
We are constantly seeking to fill a void. You say, I, 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 I don't. Then how's come when somebody loses, say, when somebody's young, they're always looking for somebody to spend their life with? Why? Because there's something missing, they'd say. There's a, something missing. I don't feel complete. I need a boyfriend, a girlfriend. I need a husband, a wife. God understood that. Why did he give Adam a wife? Why did he take a rib out and create woman? Because he knew there would be something missing. He was lonely. There was a void there. And may I say, the only one, however, that can truly meet that need in our lives, you know him, and I know him too, I trust tonight, is Jesus Christ. But if God is not the one filling the vacuum, then someone else or something else is, or will. And may I say as a believer, we don't believe, we, we do believe that Christ indwells us. We understand that. But I promise you this, you can choose to live without God even though he lives inside you. And so can I. We can still allow him, uh, we can still... Not, we, we can choose not to leave him on the throne and allow and say, drag him down to our level and say, hey, I'm going to do things my way. I don't want to look at you for decisions. I don't want to look to you for guidance and direction. I'll do that myself. I can handle this. And it's not always that blatant. It's not always like, you get off the throne, Jesus. That's not what it is. I don't come up here and take him and go, get off the throne of my life. No, subtly Satan deceives me into believing there's things that I can do without God and before it's over with, if I'm not careful. Like verse 21 says, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. You stop recognizing him, his authority in your life. Oh, I do in every area but this one. Whoa, 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 that's dangerous now. What the preacher say? Exceptions. One exception leads to another exception. And before it's over with, we're not glorifying God as we should. We're not putting him in his proper place in our life. We're bringing him down off the throne. And then the Bible says, neither were thankful. Pretty soon, if God's not really the one who's giving me everything and I'm the one that has to do it on my own, then all of a sudden, why should I be thankful to him? I'm the one putting in the work. I'm the one doing all of it. I'm the one taking care of the business. It's me. I'm doing this. And wait a second. Now, not only am I not thankful, but now I'm prideful. Pride has gotten in there. To think that I don't even need God, think that I can do it myself, to think that it's really me. But there's that vacuum, and here's the danger. If he's not the one filling it then, someone or something else will. Turn to Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. We're almost done, we really are. Psalm chapter 14, verse 1. We're going to look at one more, ver we're going to look at another verse as well. But look at this one quickly. Notice what it says in Psalm 14:1. The Bible says, here in Psalm 14, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They're corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Hold on. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. Listen very closely to the passage. 
This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Now I want you to think about those two verses. The fool has said in his heart there is no God and that God is light. In verse 21, the Bible says, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. There's the word foolish now. You see the word foolish and darkened. No light. So what we're seeing then is a foolish heart is void of God. And thus darkness reigns in that life. Now that heart, sadly enough, is still on a quest to be occupied. God's not in it, therefore there's darkness in the heart. And I know you're saying, I know, but I'm a Christian, I'm saved. How is it that believers can do heinous, wicked things? How is it that you and I can sin in our minds or in our hearts? How is it that we can do those things? How is it that we can go to those dark places? It's when we remove Him off the throne of our life. Oh, He still lives in our hearts, but He doesn't reign in our hearts. And the truth is, is that our foolish heart at that point, saying there's no God ruling here, there's no God reigning here, and it is a dark heart now. Hold on. But something is going to fill that void. You know what's going to fill it? An idol. An idol will fill that spot. Because there is such a longing for that to be filled, that spiritual void that exists. We want something to fill that void. We will turn, if not careful, to an idol. Sports, family, a relationship, even service to God without God on the throne. We'll put something in place to fill the void where the darkness now reigns because Christ is no longer on the throne of our life in that sense. It says, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. It goes on in verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. I would hope we never would ever get to a place like that in our lives where we would totally disregard God. But I can say this, when I look back at this passage and I start to think about thanksgiving and I think about gratitude, i got to believe there is a correlation between gratitude and godliness. Because it wasn't until they were ungrateful. I mean, they didn't glorify God as God. They did not put Him in His proper place, but they became ungrateful. And with that ingratitude, they only took more steps the wrong direction. Boy, I'll tell you what, whether you're a young person or an adult, today we as believers need to be un- understand something. Of all people in the world, we should be more grateful than anybody on earth. Boy, these testimonies are a blessing. They're an encouragement. May I say that we ought to have those kind of thoughts consistently and continually in our lives. See, never forget who God is or what he's done for you. That's the solution. One of the things is never forget who God is or what he's done for you. Also, always remember to thank God for his goodness in your life. 
Don't forget what he's done and don't ever stop thanking him for the things he does every single day of your life. Because if you forget today, you may find that you'll forget tomorrow and then the next day and the next day. Don't let that go that direction. Stop it right there because gratitude will keep your heart tender toward God. Always thank God. Always praise God. Always put God where he belongs in your life and you will never have to worry about replacing him with another false god. But I've watched many Christians put false gods in their life. And so have you. Maybe you've been there before. And maybe now you've made up your mind, I will never go back there. And I hope you never do. But it starts, according to the passage, very simply... It simply starts when we knew God. You knew him. I knew him, but we didn't glorify him as God. Wow, that's rough. And then we'll become ungrateful. See, you know, I'm of the persuasion that when you read things like this, you learn something. And here's what I learned then. I learned that people that are ungrateful don't have God reigning in their life. At least believers. A believer that doesn't extend or, or exhibit gratitude is taking him off the throne. It's not complicated. It's right there. We like to complicate it. Well, he's just having bad days. Yeah, how's come it's been the last five years? You know what I'm saying. He's just not a very thankful person. But he loves, he thanks, he loves the Lord and, and, and he's grateful. It's just he doesn't talk about it, he doesn't show it. He never expresses it, but he's thankful. Really? We're Christians. Man, we got so much to be thankful. How can we not have a spirit of gratitude after everything God's done? The only way is if we start to think maybe we should be the one being patted on the back. I don't know what God's doing for me. I mean, he's, he's out of the picture. This is what matters right here. Then you get offended by everybody. You get upset with everybody. Nothing ever goes your way. If it's not exactly the way you want it, you're ticked off all the time. Because you're not looking to God anymore, you're looking to yourself. And you know what? We're going to put somebody in there in his place, whether it's ourself or whether it's somebody or something else. I just want to encourage you to be thankful because I believe that it honestly reflects on your godliness and my godliness. When we walk out into that world out there, one of the most important things people need to see out of a believer is gratitude. Because you know what gratitude puts on our lips? A smile. I'm so thankful. It's hard to even say thankful without smiling. And you know what the world needs to see? They need to see somebody that's different because the world's not so grateful all the time. But Christians ought to be. 
you're like, what are you so happy about? What are you so grateful for? At this economy where gas prices are skyrocketing and the president says he's going to fix the problem with our gasoline prices, but it's going to take us months now to get back down. They're going to start producing again back in the United States and then eventually they're going to talk OPEC into producing more, uh, more petroleum and all this stuff and it's going to take months and we're in a mess and I'm not going to be able to travel and see my family anymore because I can't afford it and I've got to get a stinking shot just to take a plane flight across the country. This is a mess we're in. What are we going to do? You kidding me? We're Christians and that's how we're going to act? That, seriously, that's how we look at life? Who is on the throne, my friend? Oh, I'm godly though. I'm trusting the Lord, brother. Really? You think the world sees trust? You think the world sees God on the throne of your life when you don't have any gratitude? I just want to thank God that we can still drive a car. Thank God that we can still get on a plane. Thank God that if I want, I could hitchhike all the way to California. I wouldn't suggest it, but I'm just saying you could if you wanted. It's just, boy, what are we going to do? Be grateful. Not just on Thursday, but all year long. Father, we come to you. We thank you so much for all you do for us. And again, Lord, sometimes we do. We, we lose sight of you in the midst of everything. And Lord, when we do that, it's hard to be grateful. It's hard to be grateful. When we don't glorify you as God, when we don't put you in the proper place in our life, ingratitude is going to creep in. And, and then, Lord, if ingratitude creeps in, pride starts to take place. And that pride ultimately will lead us to totally ditching you and get rid of you. I pray, Lord, you'd help us, Father, not to ever even get close to it. May we always catch ourselves when we find ourselves miserable and not trusting you and leaning on you like we should when we've removed you from the, your rightful place on the throne of our life. May we just put you right back up there again and realize, Lord, that it, you are a good God and that, Father, you do bless us. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of trials and trouble, you are blessing us. You're working. I love these testimonies I heard today. And, Lord, it's such an encouragement to hear how Folks were trusting you in the midst of such troubles and trials. And they just were going to lean on you and not their own understanding. Lord, may we all find ourselves in a willing position to do so when those times come in our lives, if indeed they do. We pray now, Lord, that you'd bless us this Thanksgiving season. And Lord, as we move into Christmas and the, the, the holy days, we pray, dear God, that you'd just uh, help us to recognize you for who you are, to know you, to know you more and better than ever before, to embrace you, your attributes, your qualities, to truly place you and leave you on the throne of our life. Well, thank you in Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye